Uh, good morning, everybody. How are you? Good. Oh, we're not awake yet, are we? Eat your chocolate. It is on the table for a reason. You do, I mean, you can save it for later, but there's nothing like a great chocolate breakfast, in my opinion. I think it's good. Uh, good morning. My name is Michelle Unwin. Uh, hi to those of you who I know. Hi. Sorry, I haven't seen you. Um, it's good to see you guys. Uh, I am the pastor of outreach here. I've been at Salem Alliance for almost 12 years, which is hard to believe. Spent 11 and a half years of that as the middle school pastor. Um, and so when I was talking to Steph and Jen about this, they're like, so sometimes, you know, the ladies like to get talking and it's hard to get their intention. And I'm like, I'm used to that. I know what that's like, it's okay, we can do it. So I love the community and whatever. Um, so some of you have gotten to know before and some of you not, so I wanted to introduce you to my family so you can see them and kind of see the people that I get to do my everyday life with. Uh, this is them and thanks to a quick trip to Seattle last week, there's a current picture of us. Don't know about you, but this is the four of us. Obviously it's me on this side. Um, they're really cute, okay, they're both cute boys, but the one with the rhino shirt, that's the crash shirt. Um, the middle school program, my husband volunteered. That's my husband, Steve. We've been married for 28 years. He's the love of my life, and I could spend our whole time telling you how great he is, but that's not why we're here today, um, but he's awesome. Um, in between us is our daughter, Kaylee. She is 18 and a senior at McNary High School. Uh, she loves all things like theater and drama and stuff. She helps with uh, stage management for a lot of the um, programs that go on there. Uh, and she's getting ready to figure out what she's doing with her life next year. So you can pray for me. Uh, next week, the two of us are headed to Spokane to go to Whitworth University to check that out for her. And so, um, Lord willing, the snow isn't too crazy. <laughs> we'll be on a plane and head up to Spokane and do snow there, but check that out. And then on the outside there, um, the guy with the glasses, that's my son Noah. He is 16, and I've always said that he is the gift of laughter to me. He makes me laugh for lots of different reasons and lots of different ways. Uh, he loves lacrosse. Any lacrosse moms in the room? Okay, check it out. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, so anyway, he introduced us to that a couple years ago when he wanted to play. And so we love cheering him on and doing that and helping out. So those are the people that I get to do my everyday at home life with. Um, I also wanted to introduce you to the team that I get to do my life with here at church. This is the outreach team. Um, a great group of women that I love, get, love getting to be a part of. Um, and so some of these programs you might have heard before, but you may not know who it is that helps make them happen. And I wanted you to get to see that. So starting from the left, we have uh, Jess and Malia. They help run Broadway Life Center. How many of you have heard of Broadway Life Center before? Okay, most of you. Um, it's a school that happens here it's, uh, two nights a week where we offer life English to people who are learning English for the first time and life Spanish as well. And so they do the classes two nights a week and Malia runs the kids program that's happening at the same time here on this campus. So if you're ever running around here on a Monday and a Thursday night and you see people in a blur running across the street, it's probably one of them supporting one another or Jared because he does tech for them too. And so they all run around together making BLC happen. Um, you see me in the back in the middle, that's Laurel Reitmer, and in front of her is Carrie Wood. They do connecting ministries, and so they are the people who wear orange shirts on the weekends and help the Welcome Center and do ushers and greeters and the cross team, and if you've been new around this place and gotten a loaf of bread, they help make that happen and keep connected to this place, but also help us figure out ways to get plugged in around here, right? Connecting means help me get connected, and so um, if you're trying to figure out next steps of things you'd like to do, they are two great people to get connected with. 
Um, behind, so the last person in the back on the outside with a big wide smile, that's Melanie. And she and I work together on community impact. So that's the local things that we do, trying to help empower people to share the gospel here. And then in front of that, you have Trish in the red. And she's awesome because she helps support BLC. But she also works with Susan on the outside, and Susan's gonna hate me for doing this, but she's also hiding in the back of the room um, in the black, or in the red in the back, whichever we go, but that's Susan. Hi, Susan. You love me, don't you? <laughs> uh, Susan is great at helping empower the things that we're talking about this morning, and that's world missions, and what it means to help people uh, who are already overseas serving, or help to get maybe some of you someday to get to go overseas, and so uh, this is a group of people that I get to do my church life with, and it's awesome, and I love it, um, and I want to share with you what our mission statement is, or our purpose statement, because it kind of frames all the different things that we do, and it's this. We're empowering people to declare and demonstrate the gospel in our city and throughout the world. And we see that in this whole giant umbrella of outreach, whether we're empowering people as they become part of our church family, as we're empowering people to come to know Jesus in our community, and then to the ends of the earth. That what it looks, that's what it looks like. That's what it means for us. And it really reflects the verse in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which is a really common verse, but it really frames who we are and what we do. And Acts 1, 8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so God calls us to be partnered with him to talk about him wherever we're at, wherever our sphere of influence is, be it here in our homes or wherever it is that God could take us someday. I think about me growing up in Atlanta, and I feel sometimes like I'm on an international missions trip going from the southeast to the northwest. Um, and that was just part of my journey and the things that God had for me. Um, but you don't want to hear about me coming here. Hopefully you're excited to hear because I've invited some people to be a part of this morning who actually are in other parts of the world um, sharing Jesus there. So would you do me a favor and please welcome up Debbie Vick and Wendy Gutierrez. Uh, Wendy and Debbie are two of our international workers that we support here through Salem Alliance. Um, and so I'm excited that we're going to spend some time with them this morning hearing about what they do, um, hearing about some ways that God has wired them and changed them and stretched them, um, ways that we can partner with them as they do the work that they do. So uh, good morning. How are you guys? Good morning. Good. Uh, good morning. You're good? You just hold it up Hello. there. It yeah. should be okay. on. Good morning. Right? Okay, good. Uh, Debbie is getting over a cold, so she sounds raspy. You can pray for her even sitting here, that her voice is strong. It's called a sexy voice in time. Yes, sexy voice. <laughs> I don't get told I have a sexy voice very often. <laughs> when, I, when I get a cold, my voice gets really deep, and my husband's like, don't talk to me. <laughs> it scares me. He's like, just don't do it. So, I love it. Uh, super glad, glad you guys are here. They're both here on home assignment, which means that they kind of take time away from their work internationally to be home for a season. So Wendy's home for like six months. Yes. Six and months. then Deb's home for... For one year. Almost a whole year. So we're excited to get to love and care for them while they're here and get them to share their stories. But why don't you guys just tell us a little about you, uh, family, where you grew up, uh, and yeah, just about you. Uh, good morning. I... Uh this is a picture of my family. Um, I grew up actually in Washington State and went to school in California and then ended up here in Salem uh, when I married my husband, Robin. That was 18 years ago. We've been married 18 years. And um, I was remembering this morning that I 
came to Hearts at Home when my two boys were quite tiny. They're uh, Joshua um, is the tall one, and he's 14. He's a freshman in high school, and he loves volleyball. And in Ecuador, they say that volleyball stretches you. It makes you grow, and I think it's true because he's grown like six inches this year. <laughs> yeah. And um, Caleb is our second one. He's going to be 13 this week, so you can pray for us because we're about to have two teenagers in our house. <laughs> it's going to be a new parenting adventure. And uh, he is our intellectual one. He loves to study, and he wants to get an A on everything. Um, Bethany is the one in the front. She's our bubbly joy of our life, and she's six. She um, doesn't stop talking unless she's sleeping. So she's... <laughs> Or, or watching a movie, we use that sometimes. So, uh, yeah, don't say I said that, but that's a, a good parenting technique. I love um, it. <laughs> for children who talk too much. So these are um, the people that I, I do life with. Love it, so good. Debus, tell us about you and where you're from. And Okay, um, I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington. And uh, my parents are gone to be with the Lord and I have one brother and he's uh, working with KCMS Radio, uh, which is a Christian radio station in Seattle, and has been doing that for many, many years now. And then in 1981, I went to Thailand for the first time to teach English as a second language, and I've been back and forth ever since then. I love it. Very cool. Did each of you, when was it that you felt like God called you to do international work? Did you always know that this was going to be, you know, some of us have that story maybe some of you do, like when you were elementary school, middle school, high school, like you knew, and some of us get that call later in life, but for each of you, when did that happen for you? Um, when I was in high school, I really enjoyed speaking Spanish mm -hmm. and um, just was open to how God wanted to use me. Um, I think it was probably middle of college that I decided to study intercultural studies as a kind of an intention to be um, focused on the mission field. Cool. What about you, Deb? And for myself, um, I think that I really knew I was called from, to be a missionary was probably in college, and I applied and I really wanted to go. But as I look back in my life, I realized that in grade school, I was first uh, introduced to missions, and I began to have a really hunger and thirst to learn more about missions. So uh, in reality, God called me way back in grade school, but I didn't really realize it till college. I love that. Was, uh, my daughter was part of uh, the high school team that went to Indonesia last summer, and she would not say that she's someone who's going to do missions long term, but she loved the experience. In the summer when we were cleaning out all of, you know, all the kids' stuff, some of you who are older, you have the boxes and boxes and boxes of your kids' stuff, and those of you who are younger, let me just say now, you don't have to keep everything, <laughs> right? What's the, Mindy, what's her name, Right? Does this bring me joy? Like, think about it now. Anyway, we were doing that clear out those boxes thing. And in the midst of it, we found um, a thing where they learned Indonesian and learned some words when she was in kindergarten. And so we just wondered how God was planting seeds even then in her heart about what he was going to call her to later. So you never know. Um, tell us a little bit about where it is that God's called you to. So the country that you're in, the city that you get to be in, or the town, uh, and the work that you get to do. So um, I live in Ecuador. Uh, and Ecuador is right on the equator. That's why it's the name Ecuador in South America. Um, and we live in the jungle region, which you can see the picture is very green, rains a lot, um, and is pretty warm year-round. Uh, this town we live in is called Macas, and it's about 30,000 people. 
uh, and it's the capital of the province there. Um, oh, where we live is pretty far from the major cities. We're about six to eight hours from the major cities. Um, and we're also three and a half hours from the nearest mall. So um, my boys like to do that sometimes as a special treat or go to a movie three and a half hours away. <laughs> um, Thank God for Netflix. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's a good day trip. <laughs> in our province, a lot of people are self-employed or they have small farms and then a lot of people work for the government because we're the capital of our province. Um, and we work with a Christian school and one of the reasons that um, Christian school ministry is really applicable where we live is because our province is over half um, children are under the age of 18. Uh, because of the explosive third world um, population growth, we have a lot of teen pregnancy in our province, poverty, uh, drug abuse, alcohol abuse. Um, and our, our school, we see it as a safe place where kids can come and a place where they can learn about Jesus. Um, we have uh, from all the way from three-year-old classes all the way through high school. And the majority of the day is in Spanish. They do have one class every day in English, so we're considered to have a good emphasis on English at our school. Um, I am able to work with, uh, with um, all our Ecuadorian staff. I love working with the children. There's a couple pictures of me working with um, first grade. I like first grade. Um, and uh, my husband, he's the administrator of the whole school. We have about 45 staff that we work with. Um, and I really enjoy working with the children and with the parents, with the teachers, uh, English teachers I've been able to work with, um, and just tried to be open to whatever God has for us there. I love it. When I picture it, it's like, you know, I think, okay, the city of Kaiser, being half kids under 18. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, that blows my mind to have that kind of a culture and experience. And so I love how I was actually, yeah, I was telling my husband that I'm enjoying going to the grocery store here and seeing so many older adults. Because I, <laughs> in my town, it's, you know, on the streets and everywhere is just kids and teens. And wow. that's what I see. I love it. Uh, w experience is different where you're at. So tell us a little bit about where you're from or where God has you serving or has called you. You already told us Thailand, so I guess we know that. But your town and what you get to do. Okay. Um, I thought I lived in a country town till I hear about this place. <laughs> Um, I lived in Bangkok for about 25 years, which is a city of about 16 million people. And then I moved to what I thought was a country town of Kongen, which is about six hours northeast of Bangkok, and it's a city of about 500,000 people. So um, I guess it is a city. We do have malls there and all that, <laughs> so we're pretty modern there. That's a picture of my house that I live in with a, a car, my car and... Uh, that's a miracle in itself to talk about. Uh, what I do is I work for the Center for Leadership Development in Thailand, and uh, the reason for this center is because we have a lack, of lay a lack of leaders in our churches in Thailand. In the area where I live, there's just 0.1% who are Christians. So um, right now I'm living in the city of Sayo, if you've ever heard of that. Um, uh, that's a little tiny town, and it has 970 people. And if you compare, if you took 1% of that to be a Christian, it'd be one person in that entire town. So we have a, a lack of leadership in our churches in the northeast part of Thailand. So the Center for Leadership Development is um, an organization that helps build up lay leaders to help work alongside pastors in local churches or to be able to be leaders in churches where there are no pastors. 
And it's a three-year program where they study theology and mission uh, ministry skills and personal development. And then uh, they're actually active in ministry while there. In these pictures on the, um, let me see. Oh, actually, I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking I had one other picture there, but I don't. But my coworker is up on the picture on the um, left-hand side, and she's the short one on the left hand on the right-hand side. Her name is Lee Her, and she is Hmong American. And um, we work together in the center. And we have another guy that is working with us, uh, Mark Murphy, who has a family and uh, has, is helping us in the work as well. Uh, one of the other pictures is just uh, of our center uh, people that we do work with uh, that are studying in the program. We visit them every three months to make sure things are going well. For churches where there are no pastors to lead, then I actually teach uh, those people there as well. And then the lower picture is one of our ladies who just uh, graduated from studying in the program. Love it. It's so cool. You guys want to go, right? Already? It just sounds fun to get to go. Um, I think one of the great ways for us to capture and understand what it is you do is just for, us to tell, for you to tell us a story. So why don't you guys each tell us a story of, I don't know, something that shows us the kind of work you do and how God's at work where you're at. Um, I have a picture of a couple of students from our school, um, and I want to talk first about the little boy and his mom there. His name is Jeremias, and he is from Venezuela, um, and you've probably heard in the news that many, many Venezuelans are leaving their country right now due to the economic and political situation, and he moved to Ecuador last year when he was in fifth grade, and he started going to the public school. His mom is a teacher and his dad is a mechanic, but they just did what they could do to start making some money. Um, she was selling cake in the street uh, or you know, door to door, and her husband was just trying to take jobs, uh, fixing cars as he could. And he has an older brother too, who um, just graduated from high school. So he's going to this um, public school, which um, in Ecuador tends to have a large class size and maybe not very good supervision. Um, and the kids there are calling him a refugee and telling him, you know, you should go back to your country. And mm -hmm. um, Hermes is a little bit timid. He's a small kid for his age. And, and um, I, it just broke my heart when I heard the story. His mom told me how he was doing at the public school. His mom, um, because she has a, a career as a teacher, uh, we needed a teacher last year to teach some computer classes. And she came and she started working for us at our Christian school. Um, and she said, you know, Wendy, is there any way that Jeremias could come to school here? And I, I really can't afford to pay all of it. Um, so Jeremias, we prayed, and she prayed, and I prayed, and uh, I put out the word, and he has a donor who helps him with half of his tuition. So he was able to start um, in the sixth grade with us this year, and he is doing great. I just love to see his big smile around the school, and he uh, feels safe at our school, and he, his family is of Christ followers, and he's able to express that at our school. In fact, mm -hmm. he corrected the English teacher because she had the wrong reference for the Bible verse. So um, <laughs> that was, yeah. Go. <laughs> it, was, it was my mistake. <laughs> and the other um, one I want to talk about is Luciana. She's the little girl with the skates. They were doing a special presentation of their favorite hobby last year in English, and her favorite hobby is skating. And I met Luciana when she was three. She came to our school starting in preschool. 
and her family are not Christ followers. They're religious. There's a lot of people in our, our town that are religious. They might go to mass on Christmas or Easter or when there's special events. Um, but she is learning who, who Jesus is at our school. Um, she started with us when she was three and now she's in fourth grade and she's learning Bible verses and she's learning God's word um, every day. And so we're praying for her and for her family that they will really come to have a relationship with Christ through her attending our school. I love it. I just want to get on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deb, tell us about, about a story from where you're at. Okay, I want to share a story about Pinit and Bang On. And Bang On is the wife on the right-hand side. She actually studied in our program and graduated from it. And when she graduated, she felt God was calling her to full-time ministry. And as they talked as a couple, the Peanut also felt that way as well. So they went to our Bible school, which is located in Konken. And when they finished Bible school, they had to do an internship. But because we have a lack of pastors, a lack of leaders in our churches, they were separated to work in two different churches. So uh, Bung On worked in a little tiny village or town church, and uh, it's actually, it is a village church, but it's not as small as Peanuts Village. But they were separated by about uh, an hour, and so what they would do, they would get together on Sunday afternoon and spend the day on Monday together and then split up and work in their separate churches uh, during the rest of the week. So uh, both of them decided to do the lay leadership program in their church to raise up lay leaders to help them in ministry. So Bung On had a group of about five people that she began to meet with and teach. And eventually they worked with her not only in the church that she was working in as pastor, but they went and started a brand new church out in another village about an hour away from them. Peanut, uh, he, he was in a little teeny tiny village, I'm guessing Maybe the population might be a, like a hundred or a couple hundred people. It's a very tiny village. And so there were just a few Christians in that village, and he started with three people. Uh, one lady is about 30 years old and works with compassion. Another man, he's about 70 years old, and another lady about 70 years old. So he began teaching this lay leadership program to them. Uh, after a year, the lady had to drop out. Uh, the one that was working with compassion because she was so busy with her ministry that she didn't have time to do her homework and things. And so that left the man and the other lady. And then this man had to drop out as well because he couldn't see any longer. He was having trouble with his eyes and he couldn't read his Bible, couldn't read the materials. So he had to drop out as well. So this older lady, 70 years old, with a fourth grade or third grade education, farmer, uh, missing some teeth and and you kind of wonder, you know, what kind of a leader she's going to be. She was the one left. And his purpose in doing this program was to raise up a lay leader to take over this church so that he could live with his wife and they could do ministry together in the future. So they went through the program. At the very end of the program is the preaching module. And this lady was really scared about that. She didn't know if she could stand. She was shy, you know, stand up in front of people and, and give a sermon. And, but she worked really, really hard at it, and I came to evaluate her preaching, and I was totally shocked. She did a beautiful job. She followed everything in the book that, was, uh, that she learned from. She prepared, 
And I thought maybe somebody else was helping her on that message because it was so good. So I talked to the pastor, Peanut, and I said, did you write that sermon for her? And he said, no, she did it all herself. All he did was help her to type it because she didn't have a typewriter. She didn't know how to type. So he typed it up for her, and that was all. And she graduated very well um, from our class, and she's now the leader of the church. She's very disciplined. She gets up about 3 or 4 in the morning, does her Bible study and preparation for uh, working with the church. And Peanut is now back with his wife, and they're serving together in the church that uh, she was working in. And he, she continues to be the pastor there, and he's pastoring the daughter church that they planted. And he goes into this village about once a month to visit and see how things are going and encourage the, the believers there. So good. I love how when we hear their stories, there's pictures of God raising up people from the age of three through the age of 70 and beyond that, and just how he sees each of us uniquely, and you guys get to be a part of raising up more people to know him and to serve him and to tell others about him. It's not even just you doing it. You're multiplying yourselves by equipping other people. Um, as we're sitting here and as we continue to picture you and think of you and get to know you, what are ways that we could be praying for the work that you're doing in the, in the time that you're going to be facing when you get back in country? Um, well, my husband actually still does a lot of remote uh, administration. There's this app called WhatsApp mm -hmm. where people can call him all day long through the internet. Yeah. Um, so you can pray especially for him for the administration of the school. Um, we have a new principal this year as she, he works with her. And um, as well, uh, just for the staff to be unified and for them to be every day just sowing into the hearts of the children and youth so that they will want to um, have a real relationship with Christ. Um, also for our students, just that they will understand the gospel and they will come to know Christ and that God will use them in their families um, and in the lives of, of people in our area. That would be our desire. And also for us, as we parent um, two teenagers, we, we need wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, don't we all? Uh, Deb, what are some ways we can be praying for you? Um, uh, pray for our students that are studying in the program. We have about um, maybe 100 that are studying there now and that they would persevere. It's a three-year program, and so to persevere to the end. And also pray for other churches that they would be interested in raising up leaders within their church, not only to help in their church, but to help in other churches that lack pastors. Um, a lot of times our leaders would like to raise up leaders quickly, like a microwave, and it really takes a, a crock pot to raise up the leaders. So pray for them as they work on that. <laughs> Such a great analogy. I love it. Hey, it'd be easy for us to say, hey, here's ways we can pray and then leave. I'd love for us to actually just do it. So will you guys take a few minutes at your tables right now? Um, and pray about those things that they've mentioned or just anything else that God brings to mind. And I'll wrap up this prayer time in a few minutes. If you guys could pray around their tables, that'd be great. So Jesus, thanks how uh, you have equipped and called Debbie and Wendy to be in the places that they are. And I love that in each of their stories, you are raising up uh, followers of you. <laughs> Helen Marcus, there are children who are three through high school who are understanding your word and coming to know you um, for themselves. And they live in an area where that's the biggest people group. 
people their same age. And so thank you for the work that Robin and Wendy are doing there and how you're uh, using them in preparing these kids to share you with others. I pray that you continue to give them wisdom and discernment as they lead the school. I pray you give them favor with government and with the community. Um, I pray that you would continue to give unity to their staff and that your hand would be upon their entire campus and their community as they share and live there. And for Debbie, uh, Jesus, thanks for the 100 students that they have that are getting raised up as lay leaders to be able to go into little small villages or what you call it, a country town of 500,000 <laughs> and everywhere in between, but you are raising up people. And so will you continue to give her the ability to speak into people and their strengths to be able to, uh, will you give her that uh, supernatural ability to recognize when people have fear, to be able to speak up against that and to call them out and to encourage them and remind them um, that you're equipping and preparing them for the work that you have for them to do. And so we are just grateful for each of them for the work that they're doing um, and that we get to be a part of what's happening by praying and lifting them up. So uh, continue to encourage them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Uh, you probably noticed that there's three chairs up here. It's not that someone's stuck in snow someplace else, but we've actually invited Carrie Lovely to come and join us up here. So you guys welcome Carrie. Uh, <laughs> Good morning. How are you? I'm good. You're good. Are you I'm awake? Waking up. Okay. Still a little bit slow. I'm drinking decaf calf coffee these days, so oh. not as fast of a wake up. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I, I say that, but I don't drink coffee at all. So <laughs> I'm a, I don't. I'm a Coca-Cola girl, and I don't have one. It's in the fridge for later. But uh, awesome. Oh, will you tell us just because you're joining us? We catch us up on your family and where you grew up, and a little bit about you. So I'm Carrie, and I grew up in Salem and then moved to Seattle for a while to do college and got married, married to my amazing man of 17 years almost, and we have six kids together. We adopted three recently from Costa Rica, so we went from three, to ki three kids to six kids overnight, and um, I am a volunteer nurse, and I stay home with my six children. I love it. And did you ever have a point where God talked to you about missions growing up or up before? Yeah. So um, early on, I had a heart for missions. We had, um, this is my mom over here and one of my kids over here. Um, we would host exchange students. And so I learned Japanese in high school. And then early on in college, I knew as a nurse, I wanted to work overseas. So I actually got to work overseas in Costa Rica, which is where my kids are from. And um, God planted seeds all along the way of a heart for his people all over the world, and so. Cool, awesome. One of the reasons that we invited Carrie to come up is because she actually has a connection to Debbie that started with a way that they got to meet. So tell us how you met Debbie. Yeah, so um, almost, I get my years mixed up. About five to six years ago, I was sitting in church, and in the bulletin there was um, a little memo about needing um, people to go on a medical mission trip over to Thailand, and it was going to be for almost three weeks long, and at the time, I, my youngest, who's sitting over here, was two, and I thought, there's no way. I have three kids, you know, six and under. I can't go for that long, but God kept pursuing me, and so out of obedience and um, just excitement for what he was doing, um, I said yes, and so I had the opportunity to go for the first time. And then two years ago, we just got back um, 
or last year at this time, we got back, and I, I was able to do another trip for about three weeks, and there I am. That was the first trip. Um, but the cool part was that last year, we also got to see her again. So God writes amazing stories in the way that he gets to weave our hearts together all the way across the globe. I love it. So you've been a part of going on some trips. Yes. And then how has that spurred on some different ways for you to be a part of what's happening in Thailand? Yeah, so I have the opportunity while I'm home to be um, a co-leader of a Barnabas group. And for those of you that have never heard of a Barnabas group, I hadn't either when they asked me to help lead one. So (laughs) you're not alone. But what it is, I kind of call it Debbie's little family here in Salem, Oregon. It's an opportunity for us to love on her and know ways that we can just be praying and supporting her. We meet um, once a month and we share a meal together and we have had the opportunity to have Debbie with us a couple times, which has been great. But when she goes back to Thailand, we will still be meeting and we'll be able to maybe even sometimes Skype and check in, but just um, for her to know that she's loved and she has family here and we're, we're with her and for her. I love the, um, the Barnabas group structure that we have here and the opportunities we have that we try to provide for each of our workers. So Wendy and Robin have a Barnabas group as well. And so these groups meet regularly throughout the year, um, each month, hopefully, to just kind of get updates on what's happening. So it's fun to be able to have you here to be able to talk about what Barnabas groups do and what that involvement's look like. Um, Wendy and Debbie, for you, is your, when you're back in country, when you're back home, what is it like for you to know that there are people back stateside or wherever they are in the world praying for you or coming on trips and stuff? What kind of impact does it have on you personally and then also for the work that you do? Well, for me, it's really been special uh, coming here to Salem Alliance Church. It was really neat to uh, meet people that I hadn't seen before. And when I introduced myself, so many actually heard about me or knew about me before. And I was totally um, taken back on that. I was just thought, wow, this is amazing. And so that was an encouragement to me. Having short-term teams come to Thailand and visit me, I love it because they have the opportunity to see firsthand what we're doing. And it's also helping me and the ministry that I'm doing to be able to spend more time not only with the team and getting to know them, but also with the pastors and people that I work with in Thailand. And then the Barnabas group, I love how Carrie said it's like a family, and it's neat to be able to have that family that I can be in regular contact with and share what's going on. Uh, I look forward to when I go back to Thailand and being able to connect with them and say, okay, I'm having this problem, can you help me out, or uh, can you pray for me for this, and and I'm looking forward to that. And I'm even looking forward to those um, middle-of-the-night video calls that we might be doing, (laughs) because when they meet, it's about you know, three or four in the morning for me. So, (laughs) but I'm willing to do that because they're my family. And so that's really special. I love it. So good. Uh, Wendy, but for you, for your experience and what you've had that's been a help to you. Um, Well, every summer we do a English day camp and we've had a lot of volunteers come down and help with that. Some teams from this church, some from other places. And that has been a huge blessing because we couldn't offer these summer English classes to the children in our community if we didn't have um, volunteers come who speak English. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's been a blessing. 
and we usually have around 100 kids that attend in the summer. They're not all from our school, and some of them have even gone to their parents and said, I want to enroll in that school. <laughs> so some of them have become, you know, kind of like a part of our ministry because of the summer day camp program. Um, volunteers here also serve as pack animals. They bring down a lot of supplies for the day camp and for mm -hmm. the school. It's been great. We've had um, lots of computers brought down and things by volunteers that we need at our school. Um, we also have a Barnabas group here at this church, and they have been a huge blessing. Uh, they helped us even to make sure that when we came here, there was something to eat when we arrived um, at our house. And, and uh, they check in monthly and ask for prayer requests, and sometimes we're able to do a, a live Skype with them as well. And it's been just great. We have a little Facebook group, and, and anytime we can just write and say, please pray for this. Um, and we've seen through that and then also through monthly prayer updates that we sent out via email that sometimes we'll ask and the same day almost, it seems like that prayer is answered. Mm -hmm. um, it's amazing how God works when, when people come around uh, an issue. In fact, my husband will say, I think it's time to send out a prayer update <laughs> when we're dealing with um, issues at the school. Um, another thing that I was telling, uh, um, telling you was about... Um, how personally the volunteers have been a, a huge blessing and a help to me. I live in an area where there's not a lot of North Americans and sometimes um, I just love to check in with people and, and get ideas even as a mom or, or a wife when, when I'm there in Ecuador. And there was one lady that came on a team and she had a home economics degree. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna check with her later, you know, she can kind of teach me some things. And I was working on just wanting to make my bathroom look pretty, and I wrote to her and said, can you help me? I felt kind of dumb, actually, but, you know, I was a young mom when we went to Ecuador. There were a lot of things that I didn't know yet about even being a, a mom or a wife. And I said, you know, can you help me? I really want to decorate my bathroom. And she gave me all kinds of ideas of things that, you know, I could find in our community, and it was great, and, and to this day, um, our bathroom looks pretty. <laughs> I love it. I love how for each of you there's this element of, of course there's gain for ministry for what happens with that, but I think that being known um, and being understood and being heard and having safe places to say, here's what's going great or here's the things that are hard are just really important. And so it's exciting for us to get to partner with you and, and to hear more about that and be a part of that. I carry for you, Obviously, I know you're not in it to gain something for yourself, but there are gains um, by being, being someone who supports and cares for missions. So what are some things that, that you've gained, either by going or by being a supporter or a sender? By going, I would say um, I got to see a greater picture of who our God is. Um, just such an intimate experience with him to see the way that he's the same God here that he is over there. Um, and just so special to see the way that when you step out in faith, that he shows his faithfulness and his goodness and his protection, protection for my kids when I was gone, um, provision for finances to go, um, and then being here and supporting, um, just another, it's, the word intimate comes to mind, the way that I get to see how he allows us to come together as a team to love his people, and um, so just, yeah, a greater picture of our God and the way that he works and the way that he loves us, and 
how much we really do have in common with people that are on the other side of the world and how we can come together and work as one. I love it. Um, I love this is a church that believes in that. And I don't know if you've heard this story before, but um, back many, many years, the year, I think the church was maybe eight to 10 years old at this time. It was probably this time of year because there's a story about when there was a really, really big snowstorm. There's a lot of snow on the roof. And this was not too long after some people sitting in the worship center had decided, wow, there's a big beam in the middle of the room that is keeping us from having a clear view of what's happening up front. So let's set that beam out. Um, the problem is when all this snow came, <laughs> it collapsed the roof and it destroyed the building. And so the elders got together after the snowstorm and they were like, what, what are we going to do? How, however would we pay to rebuild this building? How are we going to do all this? And they, and they toiled and they tried to figure it out and they thought and they prayed and they talked. Um, and they finally came to a decision and so they all went home and um, one of the elders went home and his wife was already in bed. It was late at night and she rolled over and she's like, so what did you decide? What are you going to do? And he's like, we, we came to the decision to close. Right? You're like, wait, and, the, and here's why it didn't, because she rolled over and she said, you can't, we can't do it. And she, he's like, why? And he's like, because we have workers that we've sent from here who are overseas and they're counting on us. <laughs> they're counting on us to continue to support them. And that's our legacy. That's our story. That's the call that we have as Sam Alliance to be part of people seeing Jesus, people come to know Jesus here but about caring about what's happening all over the world, being a part of supporting and sending them um, and potentially going. It's part of our DNA, and I love that it is. Um, and I love that it's our story and what God's called us to. Um, so I don't know for you what kind of things are coming to mind for you, and I know you love to talk, and you don't want to just hear us babble. So uh, let's do some table talk, right? Um, we're going to throw some, some uh, questions up on the screen um, that you guys can talk about at your tables as much as you want, or you know, your conversation might lead another way. But take some time to talk about these. If there's something you want to answer, great. If there's something you're like, I don't really have an answer for it, feel free to skip it. Um, but take a few minutes amongst yourselves at your tables to talk through these questions, and then we'll come back together in about 10 minutes. As you continue to think about different ways God might be calling you to be involved with missions or different ideas, I did want to kind of give you guys um, a glimpse of some of the tools that we have on our website, just to keep you updated with a lot of these things. So our website is salemalliance.org, and you can click on the Serve tab, and then there's a thing called World Impact, and so that's going to tell you everything about our missionaries and everything. So the first tab you hit at the very, very top is called Our Missionaries, and when you click that, it'll give you a picture of all the different workers that we support as a church. That's on that next one, Steph. Ta-da! Um, it gives a picture of the workers and kind of where they're at so you can see what's there. There's sometimes where it's just kind of like a shadow box where you may just see like an outline of a head or a family. Those are families that are serving in creative access areas and so for their protection and the protection of the work that they're doing, we don't put their pictures or usually even their last names or possibly their real names on the website, but it'll give you that. And then the, if you click on where their name is, it will take you to more information about that worker or that family. So you'll see where they're working, a little bit about their town, ways to be praying for them, even contact information. So if it's someone that you're thinking about or whatever, you can shoot them a note or you can drop that note off here and we'll get it to them. Um, but it's a way to keep in touch with each worker that we have or know the work that's going on to see that. One of the other things that's on the website, again, if you go back to that World Impact tab, the next tab down is called Missions Trips. 
So if you're someone who's like, I don't know, could God be calling me to go someplace? When you click on that missions trip tab, it takes you to a place where you can see all the trips that we have that are offered and scheduled for the coming year. And so it gives you a chance so you can look. It'll just tell you the country or a little bit, a little title for it. And then when you click on that, it gives you some more specific details about the trip and the work that's going to be done, ways to get more information, or even go ahead and register for the trip if that's something that you're interested in. Uh, Carrie talked to us about Barnabas groups. And again, Debbie and Wendy both have Barnabas groups, but we have several Barnabas groups that run through here. And so again, back to World Impact, hit Barnabas groups, and it will give you kind of an intro to what Barnabas groups do. And then you can also see a listing of all the groups and when they meet and where they meet and what's going on. And some of you are like, Mish, please don't ask me to do one more thing. It is all I could do to get out one day a week. <laughs> so I get that. We have something for you too. Um, again, if you click on that World Impact tab, um, the bottom option there is prayer calendar. And so there's a PDF there you can print out or you can just look up um, and see. But it kind of gives you some prayer prompts for every day of ways to be praying for and supporting our workers. And so those are just some of the things, some of the tools that we have to help you. Um, again, as a team, we always are interested in having conversations with you so you can stop us or find us or call us or text us or email us or drag us out of church. Okay, maybe not that. But um, talk to us after church and, and we'd be glad to talk to you about any of those things. I, I want to spend a little bit of the time the, that we have remaining kind of talking about some of the ways that you're wired, some of the ways that God wires all of us to be able to serve. Because so we talked about this idea that we're all invited to be a part of this, but we're all wired differently and have things that we're good at or not good at or whatever. Like, I'm wired, I'm someone who is a supporter or a sender. Um, honestly, when I was interviewing for this job, one of the reasons that I felt like I was unqualified for this position is that when you look at my passport, I haven't really gone very many places. <laughs> and so I was like, we need somebody who's gone and who's done things and understands it. Um, and yet God kind of changed that and transformed my heart and seeing that my heart is really to care for our workers and to raise up people who want to go. That's what we've been doing with middle school and I was involved there. Um, and that's something I'm really, really passionate about. And so seeing how God wired that connection piece, that interpersonal piece for me, is a piece of what he's unpacked for me to be able to support workers everywhere. So my friends who have done international work, they will tell you when they are overseas, I am much more intentional with them than when they get back home. Um, Jocelyn Glaze, when she was over uh, in Jordan and the time that I got spent talking to her or whatever, we talked once a week. I was messaging with her all the time and she gets home and I hardly see her. I love her. We still love and care for one another, but we just don't, but I just not as intentional, but it was super. And that's just how I'm wired in, in what I do. And so for each of you, for each of us, there are ways that we're wired that God uses that. So Wendy, for you, what are some ways that God's wired you that you get to use those gifts in the work that you do? So when we went to Ecuador, I knew that I had a lot of gifting with administration, organizing things, um, and I also had some training um, with preschool. So uh, um, comfortable for me was we started, I started a help to start our preschool program and helped with the getting everything ready and all the materials and all that kind of administrative kind of stuff to start it. Um, and it has grown. I no longer uh, coordinate the preschool. We now have about... 70 preschoolers in between four classrooms. Um, and I don't administer that anymore. Uh, and also, uh, what was comfortable for me was uh, just letting people know what the needs were. Um, like the stories that I told today, um, always trying to connect people here with, with uh, students that needed donors. Um, so those were things that, that when we went, I thought, okay, I can, I can do this. And, 
and um, just jumped in and started um, working on those kind of things. Love it. What about you, Deb? Uh, for myself, I have a, a passion for discipleship. And so I did that when I was in church planting for a while. And then now that I'm working with this lay leadership program, I have that opportunity to disciple um, the leaders and the pastors that I work with. And I really love to see people's lives changed as they grow in the Lord. Uh, I also have gifts in administration. I like to put puzzles together and organizing things and making sure everything it works out, whether that be a short-term team or whether that be just working in the office and things like that. And it was funny that you said you're a connector. I feel like I'm a connector as well. So if there's um, somebody here that wants to meet somebody there, I can connect them and uh, know how to, my ways of connections. Love it. Carrie, what about you? Um, I feel like early on being a nurse, I had a heart for um, just God revealed that I had a heart for mercy and also um, for discernment of ways to be praying for others and then also recognizing um, what they need. And so being able to do that here, but then also on the trips going over and being able to love on people, I have a real passion for seeing hope and healing. And so mercy and discernment come into play with that. And then recently he's just been raising up the gift of administration because with the Barnabas group, there's a lot of emails and planning and logistics and that comes really naturally love it for any for each of you or any of you um is there anything that God's called out of you like something you thought you weren't wired to do or someone had said to you you shouldn't do this or whatever that that God has changed or transformed or equipped you to do now that you use differently <laughs> um I feel like the first trip I went on my nursing instructor said, you're a natural leader, and it was something that I never wanted to do, but I feel like each trip I've taken, um, God continues to call that out in me, and so he's growing that. It's not something that I desire, but I appreciate giving opportunities to practice. Yeah, love it. I think for me, um, one thing that I don't like to do is preach, and so um, I don't like preparing for it. I don't like doing it. Uh, but living out in the country, they, when we don't have leaders in churches and they don't have the opportunity to hear the word, then I have been called to uh, preach there. Mm -hmm. And so doing it, actually doing it, I enjoy it while I'm doing it, even though thinking about it in the future, I think, no, I, I don't want to do it. But mm -hmm. that's something that I'm growing, growing in. Love it. Um, I really enjoy being in the classroom and I always thought it was teaching that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at teaching. Um, and then, uh, Laurel, the one that, um, that Michelle was telling us that works here with the spiritual gifts test that you can take online. I took it at one point and, and she did this chat thing with me on the, on, the, uh, uh, Facebook. And, uh, I realized that I, one of the areas that that is strong in my giftings is pastoral, and, and I never wanted to pastor a church, and I started realizing that when I'm in the classroom, that's what I, I use that gift. I just love these little kids, and, and, uh, and also when I'm working with adults, like working with um, the preschool teachers, for example, that was also a way that I was using that, that gift. So she, she uh, encouraged me just to step out and be a little mm -hmm. bit more stressed, 
I was stressed. <laughs> I was stressed. <laughs> but she was encouraging me to, uh, yeah, stretched, uh, to be stretched. Um, so when Bethany was a baby, I was, I was home for a couple of years, uh, not doing too much at the school and thinking, God, how can I use this gift? So I started teaching a couple of small group Bible studies and discipling some people in our church that were uh, new believers. And that, that for me was stretching. Mm -hmm. um, but I was happy to see that when I stepped out, God used that. Um, and I've also been able to use that kind of pastoral gift when I'm, when I'm in the classroom um, and also with working with our, well, currently I'm coordinating our English program. Oh, and I, I didn't mention, when I went to Ecuador, uh, I was asked to teach English as a second language. And I didn't have any desire and I didn't have any training and I, I, I didn't want to do it. I, 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 um, but it was sort of like, well, we don't have anyone to teach and you speak English. So, so you're qualified. I started, yeah. So um, I learned on the job. Uh, that was really mm -hmm. stretching. And uh, so more recently, uh, we had a position available for coordinating our, our English as a Second Language program. And I said, I felt like God was saying, step up, Wendy. So I uh, took that on about three years ago, and I've been coordinating and working, training the teachers that, that work with the kids and youth, teach English to our, our kids and youth in the classroom. And that's been really stretching and growing for me. And I've learned to grow where I'm planted, but also not have my roots too deep because God might want to move <laughs> my roots to something, you know, to Different. some other project or something else. I love it. So good. Uh, for me, the same is true. I have administrative gifts that I saw really early on, and there are people who wanted me to put me in a box of what that could look like because of my gifts administratively. Um, they came in really handy as a youth pastor. Um, parents appreciate when you pay attention to details and things like that, so that was all really, really good. As far as the thing that was stretching for me, um, was, honestly, I was in seventh grade. One time we had to do a how-to speech, and I did how to make chocolate chip, or uh, M&M cookies, because chocolate chip was too plain. So I was like, how to make M&M cookies? I was like, they'll all love me too when it's over, because I'll give them all cookies to eat, um, except everything that could go wrong with the speech went wrong. I couldn't get words out. Uh, everything I tried to do did not go well, um, and everybody knew it because the teacher had videotaped it. And we were in the first period of the day, and so for each class that came the rest of the day, um, tip the teachers, don't do this, uh, showed a clip of my speech and told everybody this is not what I wanna see from you. <laughs> um, so imagine when God starts saying to me, oh, you're gonna be in front of people and talking and sharing things. I'm like, there's no way, because th did you see me in seventh grade? Like, that's not gonna happen. And so I know for each of us sitting here, there's times you're like, oh, they get to do that, and it's really, really cool, and you, you kind of be in the like, oh, I don't know, how could God use me kind of thing. But, but I want you guys to spend a few minutes talking about some of the ways that God's wired you. And for some of you that might feel awkward, like, well, I don't wanna say, oh, I'm really good at this, because it makes me look like I'm bragging. Okay, this isn't that. This is like thanking God for the way that he's wired you, the gifting that he's given you. Um, but there's gonna be a couple questions on the screen where you can kind of talk about what are some of the ways that God's wired you to be able to share Jesus with other people or gifts that he could use in supporting workers or whatever. Um, and then just a chance to say this are some things that God might be saying to me now about missions. So take a couple minutes to do that. I promise I'll watch the clock to honor your time. Um, I'm gonna take a few minutes to that and then we'll wrap up. I love the conversations you guys are having and would invite you to continue to have those. Um, but I'm going to do a couple things to wrap up just to honor time for those who need to get out. But uh, Debbie and Wendy, thanks again 
for being here today. We're excited that you guys are here. And they are going to be in the back of the room after we wrap up. And so you guys can go and talk to them, get information. Um, they, uh, Wendy's got some stuff about the work that they do and ways to personally support them too. So you guys can go back and get that information and just talk to them a little bit more. Um, again, remember you can check out the website on things that are going on and ways that you can be involved. Carrie, thanks for being here last night and this morning and being a part of this. You can pick Carrie's brain and put her on the spot um, and talk to her what it's like to go places and do things, but I'm sure she'd be available to that. Um, but I just wanted to, again, thank you guys this morning. Again, as a team, we're just super committed to helping you get to do the things that God's called you to do. Um, and so thanks for being intentional in the ways that you live and things you've done. I'd love to just pray for you guys before we head out this morning. God, thanks again um, that you have gathered in this room world changers. <laughs> oh, the women that are sitting here change the world around them, whatever circumstances they're in, um, whether it's on the phone with a friend, um, in their home with their kids or with their family, uh, in their neighborhoods, walking around at the grocery store, or the doctor's office, at the schools their kids go to, at the places that they work. Um, everywhere they are, Jesus, you're using them to be world changers, and I thank you for that. I thank you for how you've equipped them um, for the gifts that you've given each of them, and will you continue to encourage them um, to understand uh, how desperately you care for them and how purposely you gave them those gifts so that they can be used for other people to come to know you. Uh, God, speak to those places in us that feel insecure or not ready or not adequate or whatever that would keep us from stepping out um, to join you in the work that you're doing here or even around the world. Uh, will you bring to mind the people who are working internationally, uh, that we can continue to be supporters of them, <laughs> to love them, to pray for them, to check in on them, to send them notes, to invite them to coffee or whatever it is. Will you do that? Help us to continue this legacy uh, that this church family has of loving and caring for our workers well. And God, I pray for those in the room where you could be calling them to go somewhere, be it short-term or long-term, where you continue in your gentle way to come alongside them, to take them to the places you want them to go. So thanks for being here with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all.